Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, 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 how's it going? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me get my buttons pushed. Here we go. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of goodies. Our guest tonight is Max Stryker, who's going to be ta- talking to us about steroids and uh, their use and and with celebrities and everything. I um, unfortunately I haven't heard from Mr. Stryker. I emailed him the obligatory uh, link about a week ago, and uh, been trying to get a hold of him via email and stuff today, and I haven't any response. So he may not come on tonight um he, he might have forgotten about it but anyway um whether he comes on or not we're going to have a nice conversation tonight about ghosts and other things so i'm not too worried about that i'm just you know kind of disappointed about the guest possibly not showing but my name is charlotte and i'm the owner of the california haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento california you can find us at www.californiahaunts.org we are 35 strong up and down the state uh central california everywhere we have different little um, five or six member sections of our team that can come out uh, depending on where your location is. Totally nonprofit. We don't charge for our services. We're just out to simply help people. Uh, we also have people in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. So if you need help in those areas, you get a hold of us also. Again, my name is Charlotte, and uh, I was hoping that Max Stryker would come on tonight, but he probably forgot. So, uh, like I said, I've been emailing him back and forth, so let me get this adjusted here. So, I want to talk with you guys. Let's have a conversation about ghosts. Um, Any kind of ghost stories you might have, join in with me a little bit. We're going to talk about several things tonight. Um, I live in Oakland House. It's not uh, actively, like, horrible things being thrown at me kind of situation, but... It, it, it's active. It's active enough for for me to know. But what I wanted to ask you guys: um, last year I wanted to do something and I didn't do it. I don't know why, but uh, when I when I was in the big studio, and I kind of thought about this, and now that we're coming in just before Thanksgiving, what I wanted to do because we are a ghost show, and we are broadcasting Monday through Thursday now. What if I uh, read from uh, you know, one night, either Friday or Saturday or Sunday, your choice? to read from a Dickens Christmas Carol. You know, it's a ghost story, obviously. And maybe we could get two or three chapters in once a week. And uh, read, 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 right? And uh, just tell the story of a Dickens Christmas Carol leading up to Christmas. I was kind of thinking about that. You just kind of sit back. You grab your hot chocolates by the fire, wherever it is you sit when you watch these programs. And we could just add that in and, and, and tell the story, right? read directly from the book. So if that's something you might be interested in, let me know either on here or send me a PM or an email via our, our radio website at www.californiahauntsradio.com and I'd be more than willing to take, take your advice on you know what night you what night you would like the reading to be done and, and things like that. That would be great you know if you could do that and uh, maybe uh, I was hoping maybe we start this weekend on either Friday, Saturday or Sunday night and read from Dickens Christmas Carol. It looks like Mr. Stryker, I'm going to email him real quick. See, there's my phone. I got it right here. I'm going to email him one more time and see if he's going to come on or not. Let's see. And then if not, we're just going to roll right along. 
usually when I do this, I um, because of Facebook rules as far as getting the show set up, I have to do, I, I can only set the shows up five days in a row or five days in advance. So when I uh, initially contact the uh, prospective person to be on the show, it's usually uh, maybe two or three weeks before air date. And then I let them know that they're going to be, you know, notified uh, five days in advance with the link to join the show and all that. But I did that with him and I also was emailing him to, co to confirm. And I, like I said, I haven't heard anything even as of today, just shot another email at him. Um, anyhow, so let's talk about ghosts. Let's talk about ghosts in general. I mean, I know all about the stuff that's up. Well, not all about it, but, you know, pretty much the stuff that's up here in NorCal in the gold country. And, you know, if you guys are interested in haunted places to go, haunted towns, you know, places where, you know, all you have to do is walk into a building and ask somebody about the ghosts they have. Uh, it's easy to do in places like Placerville. Placerville, you know, you go Main Street, which is on Broadway, Main Street slash Broadway. And you can walk into any building there, and you can ask people, because just about every building on that main street, whether it's an art gallery, restaurant, or any other kind of business out there, is ha is haunted by something. I mean, there's there's a bookstore, I think that's still a bookstore, that, that's very active, and it's right next to the Carey House Hotel, hotel which, of course, the Carey House is active. You know, and there's also a restaurant that used to be an ice cream shop that's very, very active back there. In fact, it was built over a, that, that, that one part of the block was built over, over what used to be a slaughterhouse for animals. And sometimes like uh, the times that we've investigated back in that shop, you know, when it was an ice cream shop, we were able to pick up the squeals of like pigs and stuff back in there. And, uh, you know, and did the research and that's how we found out that it had been a slaughterhouse at one time. They even had a scale back there to weigh the ice cream. And, um, when the scale was unplugged, the scale the scale would still turn on by itself. There was no you know rhyme or reason for it, but the scale would turn on by itself. So uh, you know, so like I said, there is activity, I and mean, we even have an EVP in there in the back, where it sounds like a um, uh, shot glass. You know how people would, like take a drink with a glass or a shot glass, and they'll flip it over and hit the top of a wooden table. We have an EVP that we did, uh, the, new, the newspaper, local newspaper was with us at that time, and a photographer, and she actually heard it as well. So we have this EVP of what sounds like a shot glass hitting the table. So it's kind of, it's, 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 you know, it's cool. Like I said, it's an active area. Um, that particular place, um, I don't know what's going on there now. In fact, we're going to try and get back down there because a lot of the businesses have changed. So I'd like to get back in there and, and, and do more investigating because it's different businesses. But at the, at the time we were in there... Um, the door would open, or, or rather they would hear, because because they had one of those buzzer things on the door, or a bell, they would hear the bell, you know, they'd be sitting back there, and then they would hear the bell going off, and there was no one out there. Or the waters would, the, 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 the water in the sink would turn on by itself. Um, sometimes the ice cream, they had soft serve ice cream, sometimes the soft serve ice cream would start pouring out by itself. Or they hear the dishes rattling in the in in the you know in in the sink part you know things like that going on. The bookstore itself is an interesting place. Uh, we went in there a couple of times, and and people that have worked there have said that they had that they had walked in there and heard w w women's voices and and like um, China kind of um, clanging and making noises. Um, 
And I guess it used to be a tea house at one time because it was right next door to the hotel. So I think there was access to the to the Carey House Hotel at one time in that you know from that building. So there used to be like a little tea room in there, and that's what they hear is they they sometimes will go in there early in the morning or late in the afternoon and open up the door and open up and right right away they hear whispered women's voices in there and and and, the, and they can hear the china kind of clanging and stuff. And they've also seen a man walk through there. From time to time, you know, books will get moved off the shelves or books will get stacked. They'll have, you know, you know how they have those uh, those dollies to roll the books around. Well, they'll go in there and, and the books will be off the dollies and they'll be just stacked up on the ground, just in a big stack. So they have issues like that in that building. So it's kind of it's kind of a fascinating place to go, especially when you consider that there was one particular ghost at the Cary Hotel that used to go back and forth into all these areas. Um. Now, right next door, like I said, is the Carey House Hotel, and you get all kinds of activity in there. The one manager ghost that was in there, you know, they'll see him in the elevator area, or they'll see him on the steps, or they'll hear him, you know, banging around one of the rooms. You know, and it's not just him. I mean, they, they hear women's voices in there as well. But uh, there's enough activity that the, the, the employees will tell you. You know, at one time, like like every other town, there were fires in Placerville and, you know, took out the hotel. It's, you know, there was a fire at the hotel and sometimes the ghost that's at this particular hotel will warn the management of a pending fire. I remember there's one story about the wiring caught fire and um, one of the managers had been confronted by what looked like a, you know, three-dimensional man that told him to be aware of fire and then the guy disappeared right in front of him. So, I mean, there there are warnings because the ghosts there do love the hotels. Now, I have some personal things that happen to me, but not at the hotel. Because if you remember Placerville, um, well, for the people that don't know, Placerville is known as Old Hangtown because it was one of the first places where outlaws were, were hung publicly. And across from the hotel, there used to be a bar called the Hangman's Tree Saloon, which has, which has since been boarded up. And I don't know if it's torn down now. I haven't been up there in a while. But the original hangman's tree for Placerville was in what was in the location where where this where where this saloon was, and they actually um, cut the tree down, but they left the stump. So when they built the uh, saloon, it was built over the stump from from the hangman's tree. And I remember going in there with my team to investigate, and they had. Um, off to the side was, you know, because all, all these old buildings, no matter where you go in old towns, they all have a second floor and, you know, where people would live up there or, you know, the ladies of the night or, or whatever, you know, if you watch Bonanza and all those shows. And uh, so this was no different. And I remember standing there and, and they opened the door to show me this place where you could go upstairs. I didn't like it. I got an uneasy feeling. There was no light in there, and it, and the stairs were black, so it was really dark. And I just thought, no, I don't, uh, I don't like this at all. So we went in the Hangman's Tree Saloon part, and um, one of the rumors in there was that the ju the jukebox would turn on and off by itself. The problem was with the jukeboxes. I don't think they realized that unless it's unplugged that it turned on. You know that was something, but up until that point, that a lot of these jukeboxes have an automatic setting on them. The newer ones. So it could have been that, you know, that it turned itself on, or even a vibration, you know, because you're in earthquake country. So it could have been a vibration that turned it on. But, I mean, debunking is part of what we do, too, and not that we went into crap on everything, like a lot of people do, but 
we didn't. And so we were following um, coal spots along the bar, along the edge of the bar itself. So we would get a low temperature in one spot, then it would move to another spot. So we were doing that while we were in there. Did a dowsing rod session in the building, and it was weird because I had a couple psychics with me. And as I was doing the session, one ghost would leave, and then something else would come, and the rods would start getting active. And what they told me, uh, what I was told by the psychics, and again, verify, you know, verification, verification, verification. What I was told by the psychics while we were in there was that they were lining up in the streets because nobody had really communicated with them in years and years and years. So they were lining up in the streets, in the street and coming in. So one, one would come and go, and then another one would follow. So I was there for a good three or four hours just with these dowsing rods talking to whoever these, these, these beings were that were coming in. Um, the building, the, the part of the building upstairs is where we had a lot, most of the action, I hate to say action, but most of the activity, uh, we finally got up there. And at this point we had known, I knew where the hangman, where the tree itself had been and a couple, and one more person had known, but we get up there and, um, it was just uh, like a one room apartment. You know, there was like a, I think there was a bedroom up there and, Maybe there would have been a small kitchen, but it was all taken out. It was all gutted out at that point. But there was definitely a bathroom in this one area where you could see a tub. And I remember sitting there, and it was weird because you could smell cigar smoke. And it was weird. And what made it strange was that the cigar smoke wouldn't stay in one spot. It would, it, it would kind of go in front of me, and then it would come back. Kind of like somebody was pacing. We picked up the smell of cigar smoke. The issue you have with it is the wind, there were no windows in there. So, I mean, you could have said, well, it's somebody from the street or something like that. The other issue is that this building is old and wooden and wood will retain smells. Believe me, if you have a wooden house, you're cooking in your kitchen, it's gonna, the, 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 those, those smells from your food are going to soak into the wood. So that was another thing we were thinking about because there was kind of like a breeze blowing. So, I mean, it could have been coming off the street or or whatever. But one of the psychics, again, was up there with me and said, no, they're, it's a man and woman. She's in the bathtub. They're having an argument. He's pacing back and forth while he's smoking a cigar. And he's very frustrated. So this went on for like maybe 45 minutes. And one of uh, the team members started to go downstairs and reported feeling really dizzy when they got to the landing just outside the door of this room. And um, the psychic, one of the psychics right away came over there and said, what do you feel? And this team member said, well, I feel kind of like a swaying feeling where I feel like I'm, my body's swaying. And as it turned out, we got a hold of some old photos of this tree, you know, that they were hanging people on. And this is where the, the limb that they had used to hang people from was right where this, this landing is. So maybe that's what they were feeling was, was this limb, right? As, as they were kind of feeling this way. I didn't feel the swaying motion, but that's what they, that's what they said was they, the, the scale felt the swaying motion. I don't think she was the only one that felt it either, but that's what I mean with Placerville. You can go into almost any building on main street and, and something's happened in there. I mean, the hardware buildings haunted. We never got in there. You know, there's a couple art galleries that we never accessed. In fact, we did do an art gallery. Uh, at one point, and we, we did contact, along, of course, with a psychic with us, we did contact an, an older gentleman, and we also contacted a dog that was in this gallery, and that's one of the reports that they had, was that they would hear a dog barking or, or, or whimpering, like, you know, like a dog doesn't want to tap you or whatever. It wasn't a sad dog, but just 
was uh, dog noises that they would hear in this building, and then they would hear the the dog run, running up and down the aisles of, the, of, of this art gallery. So we were able to pick that up on EVP, and we got to hold that. We also in this building, in the same gallery, were able to get knocked, you know, knock on the wall, which we got on camera and everything. We were we, we were able to knock on the wall and get knocks in response to the knocks we were doing. So I mean that one fairly active. Like I said, you know, you can go in any build any building on Main Street, and they will have a story for you. Not just the Carey House or, or or what I call the the Big Three, you know, the Carey House and the what used to be the ice cream shop at the bookstore. But uh, almost every building on Main Street in Placerville will have activity. Um, the Chamber of Commerce building right down on Main on Main Street, that was the other original hang, hanging tree, and uh, there used to be a lot of activity in that place. In fact, they used to have um, a tree where people would see people peer um like there's two stories of this building and so there's a big like bay window in the front and people driving by when no one was there would see a woman standing there at this bay window and what they claimed was that if this this building at one time was used for shows and so there was this opera singer and they could hear this opera singer people that had worked in there got you know gone in early to work that day could hear this woman singing opera in the building in the back of the building. And so, of course, we went in there with all our equipment. We had some strange things happening. You know, we had some temperature drops going on while we were there, you know, a couple doors slammed, th things like that while, while we were in there alone. Um, never picked up the woman singing opera on EVP or anything like that, but it was weird because we you would go into the storage room and sure enough, you were getting, we were getting energy surges where, where there shouldn't have been any energy surges. And it was like we were following it around the room. So I don't know if it was her or what. But um, we did do some dowsing rod sessions back in there with the psychics. And according to the psychics that we were working with at the time, they said that the woman was there. I don't know if it was like a working slave kind of relationship thing, you know, where this guy had had hired her and then was real domineering with her and wanted her to sing or if it was a situation where she just wanted to hang out, but this was going, there was like this battle, this kind of battle thing going on between her and she was afraid of this gentleman ghost, you know, in the building. So, um, yeah, so that, that's another one is the chamber of commerce building in Placerville. So that's another, like I said, in any place you go in Placerville is, is going to be pretty active. Uh, what used to be the cosmic cafe, uh, it's a Placerville soda works building. It's now turned into something else. And, I don't know what it's turned into. I just know it, it's like a real estate building or something like that. That's another active place. There's two stories to it, again, and there's also a mine that goes back. Somebody had dug a mine. I don't know if it's a mine, but a tunnel that goes back about probably a couple hundred yards from the base of the building, and they had they had seen a um, an old man in there, like like a miner you know, grizzled and beard and all that stuff. They had seen him in this, in this tunnel. And they also had a phantom, a phantom cat that, that would run around the building. That's why I'm curious to go back to some of these places and ask them, you know, are you still seeing this stuff? You know, so I can't wait to get back up and do that. You know, once COVID really settles down, we can get up there. But, um, yeah, and that was another place they, they had um, performance areas upstairs where people could go see little shows and stuff. And at the time that it was the Cosmic Cafe, they would have dance 
lessons and everything up there. And one of the reports in the in the big in the, in the big room was that they would see a young girl dancing ballet up there, just down, you know, just randomly dancing. That was one of the ghosts that they saw up there as well. We never saw her, but you know, you could feel if you if you went in that room, you could feel the cold spots moving around you up there. And there was also a um, portal. That was really strange. You get up there and you'd feel this portal, and if you stood in this in this thing, you would start kind of you know, weaving back and forth in this one spot upstairs. So I mean, you know, like I said, active, active, active. Now, one of my primary experiences was I remember the first day I worked in Placerville, and I was going up Main Street, and I remember getting physically ill because I hadn't I hadn't grounded myself. Um, sometimes, if you get in a haunted places and you have um, you're even slightly sensitive or you have sensitive abilities, you will get overwhelmed by what's in that place. And this is what happened to me as I was even in my car as I was driving. So I became overwhelmed and had to almost threw up, you know. And so that just told me, you know, the next time I went driving up Main Street, I had to I had to settle myself down. But one of the interesting things that happened was that one of the reports is that the hangman is still walking up and down Main Street. And what he does is he will walk from the hangman's tree to the courthouse or, or, or vice versa. He'll walk from the courthouse, from the old courthouse building to the hangman's tree uh, saloon. So I had gotten off, well, not off work, but you sometimes, you know, you, you work eight to five or whatever, and then there would be an evening event that you had to cover. And so on this particular night, I had to um, cover an event at the, um, oh, what's the building? You know, like, they, they were having a self-defense class in this one building. I can't remember what building it was. I'm sorry, my mind. And um, so I grabbed some food, and then I parked my car over there. And this building had, it has big windows on the side. And um, so I have my car parked there, and I can clearly see myself in the reflection of the windows. And I'm eating my lunch, or eating my dinner, rather. And... Um, Excuse my stomach. I have uh, stomach issues today, so you're probably going to hear it. And um, so I park my car, and as I'm looking in my rear, as I'm looking at the windows, I'm watching myself eat. It's kind of creepy, but I'm watching myself eat. I see somebody walk behind my car, you know, come up to the left up behind my car, and he's dressed in um, black, and he's got the black mask on, you know, the executioner's mask on and all that. And it walked, this, this this individual walked all the way, and you could see it, because like I said, this place had big, you know, this place had, um, big, still does, it has big windows on it, so, you know, you can see the reflection. And this, this person just walked all the way around the back of my car, and as he got over to the right side, he disappeared. So I'm thinking, well, wow, you know, I, saw, I just saw the hangman. So that's that's who I think it was on his on his daily walk from the courthouse down to the hangman's tree saloon. I caught a glimpse of him. The other thing that's interesting with Plasterville too is that there's really thin alleys in between the buildings, and you can catch like like if you you know if you get on a a ghostly night, you know a night where the energy's up or whatever. I don't want to freak people out, but I mean you can actually see people walking between the buildings that aren't there. Um, I did. Uh, I, I I took a lunch break and drove down. Um, there's a there's a small mall like just before you hit the main main street, and there's there. I don't know if it's moved, but like I said, I haven't been up there in a while. 
but there used to be a Rite Aid there, and then there were a few little restaurants, a lot of Chinese food, you know, stuff like that. And I drove over to the Chinese place, ordered my food, sat down, and I was facing inward on the building. And um, as I was sitting there, I don't know if it, no, nobody else in the building said anything, but as I was sitting there, I saw an old Chinese gentleman, Asian now, you want to say Asian, but, you know, old Asian gentleman walk from um, south to north. South north? I'm sorry. West to south, or west to east. In the building, he came out of the brick wall and walked straight across the aisle and right through the other right through the other wall. Nobody else saw him. The place was loaded with people. Nobody else saw him but me. So stuff like that was happening. Um, working up the newspaper, which was at the uh, end of Broadway, it got to the point with me with my abilities that before I did an investigation, like on the weekends, I, I would go out investigating with my own team or with another team. And it kind of got to the point where I was seeing people. I was seeing the people that I was. We were going to investigate before we went out on the investigations. So on this particular weekend, we were supposed to go to Preston School of Industry, which had been a prison. Well, they call it School of Industry, but it had been a prison for um, kids up to the age of eighteen. And in this particular school, um, they had killed. Or they don't know who killed her, but one of the matrons, that I believe she worked in the kitchen named Anna, people are going to correct me and slap me down on this, had been killed and they found her thrown down the thrown down the chute or thrown down the stairs. Anyway, so I I get up to go use the restroom with the newspaper and I get in the restroom and I have I, I go to walk in the stall and I have this weird feeling that I'm being watched. So I turned around to see, you know, who it was. I thought maybe it was somebody from the from, from the paper staff. And there was an older woman standing there with gray hair. I'd say maybe about five foot two, five foot three. And I don't know how to describe the smock because my grandmother used to wear these smocks, and um, they were like they were like bibs that came over the top, but they went down on the knee. And and they had and and they always had some kind of little design on them. And when I turned around, this woman had one of those smocks on, but I remember it had little. I don't know if they were little flowers or little blue dots on it or what it was but I know they were blue and I looked at her and I could see this clearly see this smock and I mean she looked like a regular person standing there I looked at her looked away looked back she was gone so I think that was Anna Corbin coming to see me before the investigation and this isn't the first like I said this isn't the first time that it happened with the, with the incident with the Asian man at that restaurant again that was a, that was a Friday night before an investigation day so you know I don't know, you know, it happens. And, uh, and then, we, of course, you know, all a lot of the gold country up here in, in California, a lot of um, Asians and Hawaiians and, and people like that help build some of the railroad tracks. And, 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 and you know, there's a lot of Asian influence up here. So, of course, when the, of course we were going to one of the hotels, I think it was the Hotel Leger, to do the investigation. So I was it linked to the, to the hotel? I don't know. Now, definitely, I can I, I can honestly say that the woman I saw looked like the pictures of Anna Corbin, you know, from Preston. So more than likely, that was her reaching out to me before the investigation. So that was one of the few times that that, that happened up in Plasterfield area. Um, Coloma is another haunted location. The Sierra Nevada house is there. That's another place. Um, I kind of had issues up there because there's a house um, 
up there that that's not a public restaurant or anything, but there's a house up there a little further up from where the Sierra Nevada house where a gentleman uh, that's called a vineyard house where a gentleman had had, had syphilis. And I guess he, it, it went to his brain and he had had mental problems. So his wife had chained him in the basement of the house. And so he was there for, I don't know how long he was there for, but eventually he passed away. And of course she passed away. But they say the house is really, really active. Um, when people go don't go to bed at night, someone a woman will come in and tuck them into bed to make sure they're tucked in. One of the interesting things about this is that I, I was I was new at ghost hunting. I was you know like everybody else, watching TV shows in search of and all those shows because they didn't have the stuff on that 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 they had later on. They didn't have go you know there, there was no ghost hunters. There there were no shows like ghost hunters on there or like the show I eventually filmed for my own team California Hunts TV. There there wasn't that kind of show. It was just like you had in search of unsolved mysteries. That was it. And if you got ghost stories, that's where you got them from, or or you know creature features or a virus moving, movie, movie macabre or stuff like that. You didn't get like dedicated shows to ghost hunting back then. But you knew about people. You knew about you know all the all the luminaries were on these shows, you know, so. It, it was just the beginning of that stuff. In fact, Ghost Hunters came out about the same time that I was filming California Haunts Radio or California Haunts TV for public access in Woodland. That was where I started filming us for that, Yellow County. You know, we were doing stuff in Yellow County. But anyway, um, my dad had bought me, I had requested a particular camera because I had seen it on these ghost hunting shows. And so I thought it would be fun, my friend, and I thought it would be fun to go up one evening to Coloma and go up to the cemetery by, the, by, by this vineyard house. And at the top of the road that goes by this vineyard house, there's a monument to um, John Marshall, the guy that discovered gold here in California, you know, at Sutter's Mill. I think it's either Sutter or Marshall. I can't, my mind's like jello. Either way, there's a statue up there. And so I thought, well, let's drive up there, then we'll turn around and come home, you know, and we'll check, we'll check out the cemetery and all this. So as I'm driving up there, I get near the house, right across, which is, with the house is right across from the cemetery. I get right up near the house, and suddenly I feel this fear. Just, just felt so terrified. And I didn't look off to the side of the road, I was just focused straight ahead of me. And I was just, my, my, my hands were just glued to the steering wheel. And so I drove up the hill, got up to the monument, did the turnaround, drove down the hill. Wasn't about to stop. We didn't even stop at the cemetery to take photos or anything. One of the rumors is that the woman's ghost, and I'm talking the wife that had chained her husband in the basement of the vineyard house, will cross the road at night. She'll go to the house, and then she'll come back to the cemetery. And they think it's her, but what you see is you see a fog, and you can see the fog crossing the road, and then the, you'll see the fog the one way, and then you'll see the fog crossing the road the other way. And um, I remember driving past this, and I, there's, I, was just, I was just absolutely terrified, and a voice said, go home, go home, go home in my head. So I kept driving, and my friend who was in the passenger seat of the car looks at me, and she says, do you see that? There's a fog by the side of the road. There's a mist there, and it's really thick. It's by the side of the road. And I said, I don't care where it's at. Drove all the way home, got home. And it was like kind of like a vacation when 
not yeah, vacation when he um he falls asleep and he you know he ends up in in the hotel parking lot and he pry, and kind of pries his fingers off the steering wheel. When I got home, I, I literally had to pry my fingers off the steering wheel. What sat in my back? I was shook. I don't know. So whatever it was scared me. And um, we talked about it later, of course. You know about she had seen this the, that fog that people report. And I didn't see anything. I mean, I was so focused driving. I didn't care. I didn't look at the side. I was like, nope, I'm going home. Don't want to deal with it. You know, so that was my adventure. I, and again, I hadn't started ghost hunting yet. And, you know, as far as, as far as like what I do now or what I started to, you know, much later. Another incident I had like that was plastic, was uh, Woodland. Woodland, California is another place that's very active. And that's another main street. The, the whole main street burnt down at one point. Um, the Woodland Opera House is probably one of the most famous places in Woodland that's haunted. But the, there's other places up and down Main Street that also have activity. And I've been told a couple of times um, the, the Ludie's, the rib place, has has their share of ghosts. And there's a couple of restaurants, you know, a couple smaller restaurants. There used to be a bakery on Main Street. I don't know if it's there anymore. We actually did an article on it for the uh, newspaper in Woodland for a Halloween issue. And um, then again... This is before I became a ghost hunter, and, you know, you're curious, and you're going in. You're the press. You get away with going in these places, and I went in with a photographer. And we were walking around this place, and there were reports of they would find, like, um, they would leave in the evening, they would come in, and they would find flour, bread flour, you know, flour, like, thrown all over the floor. They'd have to sweep it up every morning. Um, oh, wow, man. Yes, I got stuff going on. You know, they would find this flower thrown, strewn all over the floor, and they'd have to sweep it up, and 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 different things moved around. They, you know, they set stuff down, and they'd come in the next day, and, and stuff was moved around the building. You know, when no one was in there, just after they locked up. So we go in there, and we're doing our little impromptu investigation in there. And uh, I actually had a, a thermometer because I was already starting to get into ghost hunting, so I had started to buy basic equipment. So I had I had a tri-fuel meter, and I had a thermometer to um, investigate the place with, you know, while we were doing, well, while I was writing this article, interviewing the people and everything else that day. And I caught a hot spot. And so I've chased this hot spot through the building. I literally chased it through the building. Now, I don't know if I irritated whatever it was or what was going on, but the photographer went, went down. So another situation, you know, these, these buildings, like even in old Sacramento, and even in Placerville, you know, any town you go into, usually the buildings, um, the, the original entrances to the buildings are underground because the buildings have since been built up. And some of that has to do with maybe there was flooding in the area, like Old Sacramento. One of the reasons why they built second and third floors on a lot of the buildings in Old Sacramento are because of the river, because the river would flood every year. So they decided to build them up higher. So, you know, and, and some of the reasons why in some of these towns like like Placerville and Woodland and, you know, you even get towns like Pleasanton and places like that, why they have a lower floor or a basement in these buildings is because there were tunnels that run under all these cities. And a lot of these tunnels back in the days of Prohibition went to either hidden bars where people could get, you know, could get alcohol or a lot of them led to the local, um, I don't want to say whorehouses, you know, where the guys could, um, escape and nobody would see them. They'd go, they'd go visit the ladies of the night from these buildings. And so there were, the, there were lower sections to them with these tunnels. So Woodland's no different. And so the photographer went down to take photos. And the photographer is a very skilled, skilled, skilled guy, very, very well trained. 
he goes downstairs to take photos, and every photo he takes is overexposed. He can't get a, he can't get a clean a clean photo down in the basement area. So I go down there, and it's definitely hot. There's something you know. I, I felt like there was something moving around down there. I tried to follow it with the EMF meter, got a couple of spikes, you know, that kind of thing going on, and um, came back upstairs, sat down at this table, and there was this wall off to the this wall. Yeah, there was this wall probably about maybe 15 feet away from me off to the right. And there was a clock on the wall just hanging there. And so I'm talking to the uh, the uh, business owner, you know, about the stuff that's going on in there, you know, and how stuff would be moved around, et cetera, et cetera, the flower being thrown around and stuff. And as we're talking, this clock literally slides down. As if the nail broke behind it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't thrown forward or anything. It just slid down the wall. Boom, hit the floor. And again, I'm new at this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just out doing, being a reporter. I haven't done any investigating, per se. In fact, one of the investigations I did was went over to the Woodland Opera House when they had some ghost hunters over there and then went back later on by myself to take a look around, you know, to write a story. So that was the extent of my investigations for, for ghosts at that point. So I'm sitting there, and this, 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 this clock hits the ground. And it was kind of like that scene in Poltergeist when the guy goes to look in the mirror, and I forget if he's drinking or what he's doing, and then his face starts to fall apart, you know, and, and, and all that. And then, and then, you know, he goes back in, and then he, see, and, then he, he and the other ghost hunters are sitting there when, when those light things come down the um, stairway, the house, right? You know, when they, when they see the light beings come down the stairway. And all of a sudden, you see them pick their, uh, cu their, their coffee cups up, and their hands are like this. You know, they're shaking. And I remember looking up because I had a soda, and I remember the same thing. I could see my hand shaking when that thing fell. And I remember looking at the, looking at the guy I was interviewing, and I said, well, that's going to cover it for today. We're done. I'm not, coming, I'm not coming back in here. So that was our experience in that building. Um, so that was interesting. And that's, that's right downtown Main Street. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if that building is anywhere. Like I said, we haven't, you know, I've been doing this almost, almost 18 years. And, you know, that was probably, probably 10 or 11 years ago we, that we were back in there, if not more. So I don't even know if that particular building is still there or that particular, oh, the building's there, but the business isn't. So I don't know, even know what's in there at this point. But it was funny because there was such a reputation for Main Street to be haunted that there, there, there was a Rexall uh, that there used to be, might still be there, like I said, on uh, Main Street, that was, that the reputation for that building was that things would fall off the shelves. You know, the employees would be in there and, excuse me, my nose and stuff. Uh, the employees would be in there and they'd find like like items that were laying on the ground off the shelf or, or they would see things lift off the shelf and, and fall to the ground, things like that going on. So the owners had a sense of humor. And again, there's two floors on these places. So what they would do is they had cardboard cutouts of ghosts, <laughs> literally, you know, like regular sheet ghosts, you know, you know, like you wear for a costume. And they would put them up in the windows upstairs. So people that were driving by on Main Street would, would see these, these, these cardboard ghosts, with people with sheets on their heads peering out at them. So at least they had a sense of humor about it, you know, that Plasterville. Another place out there is, is the... Uh, Yolo County Historical Museum is, is, is very active, and, and it's because they have, um, uh, you know, it's an old Victorian with a carriage house in the, in the back, but they also have, they don't have original furniture in this building. There's, there's a couple pieces of original furniture in there, 
but they've brought in pieces from other places. But you still get activity in the, and whatever they have that they brought in has attachments to it. So there's still activity going on in this building. And they'll get phantom smells, like they'll smell lavender and they'll smell different things and they'll they'll hear doors open and close. You know, they'll again they'll find stuff moved when they come in the next day. Or they'll set something down, go to grab it again, and it's not it's not where the it's not where they set it down. And this is like within about maybe five or ten minutes later. So that's another active place. The carriage house also has a very you know, it has a very heavy feeling to it. Um so yeah, I mean, you could all these little towns have some kind of activity. Um, when I did the um, Ghosts of, of of Northern California show on here, we also talked about um, the Woodland Opera House, and there's one particular ghost in the Woodland Opera House named Madame um, Pacheska Mucheska with an M. I'm sorry, who's a Polish opera singer, and she um, has a thing about hanging out in theaters and. Not only does she hang out at the Wilden Opera House, but she hangs out at the Sacramento Theater Company as well. People have come in contact with her there. But, I mean, Moore Park down towards Los Angeles, she's reportedly hangs out in there as what well, too. Uh, the Empress Theater in Vallejo, she supposed to, supposedly hangs there. And I'm sure there's others she hangs out in. But uh, people have heard her and seen her and different psychics, ghost hunters, whatever, have communicated with her in these different locations. What I thought was interesting about her was that I had always wondered, I'm talking about early days, ghost hunting, the first few years. Um, if you know how they say, like, like the theory is the ghosts are attached to one spot, even though you see them in different areas that they're only, they're attached there for a reason. But I always wondered if you went somewhere else and ran into the same ghost, if they would recognize you. And so when I went to the Sacramento Theater Company later on to do an investigation, when we were filming for the California Haunt Show, I get one of the psychics called me on stage, and she says, look, I need to talk to you. Someone's asking for you. And I said, okay, fine. So I thought it was one of the other investigators, right, because I had the cameras. And I get up on the stage, and she says, um over in that corner over there. And I'm like, well, there's no one there. She says, yeah, no, she's there. It's Madame Macheska. And I said, I said what? And she, said, and she said, yeah, Madame Macheska is asking for you by name. So I found that really interesting in that Madame Macheska knew me from the Willen Opera House, yet when I went to the Sacramento Theater Company, she asked for me directly. Okay, so that was kind of cool. The other cool thing that happened there was that um, they have a... Um, a room where they make their costumes, and then, and that room is also hooked to the main uh, one of the main because the theater is divided. You've got the main place in the theater where the main stage, and then you've got a couple of other smaller areas for smaller productions. And so, um, coming off where, where the costume area is, there's a um, there's a big soundboard up there, and they say that uh, when they come in, like in the mornings and stuff after having it preset, that all the presets are changed on the soundboard when they come in. But so we go up there and with the psychic uh, and uh, well, initially I went up there by myself with another psychic and we went in through this room and you open the door and it's like this, this, there's like a, I don't want to say a long quarter, but just a decent quarter. Maybe it's about 10 feet long, 15 feet long. And there's shelves on the walls 
on each side. And there's boxes on these shelves. And as we were going through the room together, I was filming. As we were going through the room, <clears throat> the boxes are moving one by one as we move. Like something's following us, you know, up high. But we both witnessed this with these boxes moving, either side of us. The other thing that we that was witnessed, and I saw it too, was that they had these um, uh, dressed Dress, I don't want to say dummies, dress mannequins, you know, where you use them for, you know, the half mannequins, where you use them like if you're going to make a sweater or something or, or, or a jacket or something for a prop for you know, a costume. So it's sewing dummies, right? And they're, you know, like maybe probably four feet tall, whatever. And they had like probably about 20 of these things in this closet. And we opened the closet and they were all moving, but they weren't moving in one direction. They were moving in opposite directions. Like somebody had gone through and kind of flicked them because they were like lined up in a row of two or maybe a row of threes in there, but they were kind of going like this when we were in there. Now, again, you could challenge the fact that we're in earthquake country. So it could have been a trembler, could have been a quake. We don't know, but it did it. You know, this did actually happen. And um, we all saw it. About, about 10 of us witnessed this. Another thing that happened is that the door going to this particular room is very thick. I mean, really thick and it's metal. And this was like August. So in Sacramento, for people that don't understand what happens, is that Sacramento has a spring. But we also have the other extremes where it gets very, very cold. It gets so cold here that it doesn't snow. It just freezes. But in the summer, we're not as bad as Arizona. But our temperatures do get up to like 100. You know, there are times when they hit 114, 113, 114. And on this particular day, it was around 105, I think, when we when we did the the main investigation. And there and there's no wind. This day at all, and this area is on the second floor of the of, of the main building. Anyway, so the door that goes to this costume shop is very thick. It's probably, it's metal. It's probably, I would say, a good six, seven inches thick of metal. Kind of like a battleship, right? You know, this, this is the kind of metal. And so we had the door open because, of course, it was hot. And... Um, <laughs> it was my stomach again. It's not paranormal. It's my stomach. We had the door open, and we had a stopper on the door, and we all came in the room. And while we were talking and doing all this stuff, because, we, you know, like I said, it was shut. The, the, the whole place, there, there were no plays that day. It was all shut down, so there maybe were two other people in the building, you know, to, to get open up places for us so we could go through. And as we were up there, and we were starting to get things set up to, you know, do an EVP session and stuff like that, the door slammed by itself. No reason. Like I said, it wasn't windy enough to slam the door, but the door slammed. Open the door back up. So um, we get everybody in there. I'm standing in the back of the group. The psychic's like about six, maybe six, seven people away from me. And again, the room's probably 10 feet, maybe 15, well, maybe bigger than that, maybe about 20 feet wide. So she was at the front. I was right. I was by the door. And off to the left of me is the door, like I said, uh, that goes to the soundboard. There's a little soundboard area over there. And... Um, I was standing there, and while I'm standing there, I could hear, you know, while she's talking, 
I started hearing footsteps coming off to the left of me. And they were fairly heavy footsteps. And I turned over to look at them, and I could hear, like, like, like somebody, it sounded like maybe a custodian or something, because they had, like, a, this person, whoever it was, had a set of keys on, you know how custodians will wear, you know, like when you're in school, you know, and the custodians always have a set of keys because they have to go into all the rooms, right? So whoever this was had a set of keys on their belt, because every time they took a step down, you would hear the keys jingle. And the steps kept coming towards me. But it was slow and deliberate. It wasn't like somebody rushing to get towards me. It was somebody going boom, boom, boom. And on the second boom, right, of each step, boom, boom, you would hear the keys jingle. So I thought, okay, I'm going to move up and see if I'm the only one experiencing this or not. So I decided to move up over to where the psychic was. So I went forward, you know, like, like the 10, 15, 20 feet or whatever it was. Somebody else got in that spot, and I'm watching her, Janelle Loberg, at that time, Loberg Cardoso. Goes and stands in that area. So I'm watching her as she's standing there. And I see her looking at us, and then all of a sudden, her head turns to the left. And she's looking over there. Then she's looking back at me. Then she's looking back over there, because she heard the sounds too. You know, these footsteps coming towards her. And she finally came up and said, did you hear the footsteps? I heard these footsteps. And I said, well, I had heard them too. So that was something that we were able to, you know, collaborate with two of us hearing this. And it's funny because there were other people in the room that did not hear these. It was just her and I that, that, that heard these footsteps coming towards us. Now, I went back later with a TV crew for a Halloween special thing, you know, for a good day Sacramento and nothing happened. We got, we, we got no activity in that, that, that particular area at all. And that's what makes this, that's what makes paranormal investigating so interesting in that you might have a very active place. Like that night we were in there, it could have been a combination of, of the people that, that were in there at the time, you know, that, that, that were able to bring out whatever this was, because when I went back later with my own team, nothing, we didn't get anything that day. But this stuff did happen. Just like walking downstairs with Karen Clark, and this was one of her first investigations with that particular team. First time I ever filmed her, and I remember she was real, <laughs> she was fun to be around because she would get excited. It's, 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 it's neat when you, you know, you get psychics that are real calm, and, uh, you know, because they're, they're, they're used to it, they've been there, done that, like Sabrina, who later joined our team could channel people and it was funny walking around with her because she would change personalities and not tell you she was going to do it. So you'd be talking to her and all of a sudden you realize you're not talking to her. You're talking to somebody else, stuff like that. Karen Clark had the, has the ability to channel too, but Karen Clark will tell you, Hey, I'm going to do this. There's somebody in here. I'm going to channel her and see if I can get a feel, you know, for her and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But on this particular day, she was new and Karen, and, and when she first started out was very excitable. And she would scare you. She Not scare, but startle you as you were walking around with her. So on this particular day, it's her and I walking through the building. I'm filming. Because what I would do is I would film a walkthrough with a psychic. You know, kind of like they do on, on like Dead Files, you know, when they walk through with her. And do that. I would do that. And in this particular team, maybe had one or two psychics that, that, that would go out. So I had already filmed the other psychic. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go with Karen Clark and, and see what she gets. Worked down on this, like I said, um, it was divided. I don't, I don't know if it's still like that, but there were like maybe two different stages. There was the main stage, and then they had 
another area for like, like a round stage that you know for like for like theater in the round and we went in this other stage and there's there's the report of a couple ghosts in this place there's there's a hungarian cross-dresser they call pinky and they always they, they, they uh, people claim that they, they hear pinky because pinky wore high heels so you can hear pinky on the floors or on the stage you know click clacking in the high heels and whatnot and so Pinky is identifiable because not only do you hear that, but when people see Pinky, they, they, they see a, a pink orb. Okay. Now, I'm not an orb person. Never have been, but numerous reports, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so that's what over the years people have seen. So Karen and I are walking in this secondary stage area. And all of a sudden she screams and she goes, oh, there's a pink orb just flew by. And I jumped like a foot because I mean, there's no lights on. It's pitch black in there. You're thinking about, and that's one thing when you're walking around, you know, you're thinking about all these ghostly sightings that people have had bef before you when they were in these, in these rooms. So, I mean, you're pretty much hyped because, you know, you're thinking about this. So when Karen yells out, Hey, did you see that? It was a pink orb, blah, blah, blah. It scares you. It startles you. So I jumped about a foot and it was pretty funny. We both laughed about it, but, um, she saw it. I didn't see it. It was pink. She said, "Okay, I'll, you know, I'll go for that." And with all the reports of Pinky, so the possibility that it was Pinky, yeah, maybe it was Pinky. And again, it was similar to the cases at the Wooden Opera House, where things would be moved around in, in the costume shop, where you know where, where they were made, putting together the costumes and stuff. And like, look, well, look at the stuff we experienced in there. You know, when when we were in that area. So, you know, a lot of activity, a lot of the times in these theaters, too, you get a lot of activity. The best times to go in and ghost hunt is either um, when they're rehearsing for a show or you want to get in there after a show because the energy is really high, you know, from the audience. You've got a lot of that electricity energy coming, you know, coming off the audience and that that will cause, you know, more activity in the building. Um, rainstorms, you know, you hear stories about uh, rainstorms. Because the EMF levels, you know, the, the electricity that causes the thunder and lightning, that kind of raises the EMF levels. So, so you tend to get more activity during rainstorms. One of the things we do during during our investigations is we go through, and um, I'm usually at the command center, so I go through and I write down what the weather is every half hour to every hour. So we can keep track, and that way when I get the reports back from my investigators, I can see what... Um, what kind of weather we had for that particular activity to have occurred. So that's one thing we do to, to keep track. And then I can go back and look and all that good stuff and, and compare. And the other reason why we keep so many records is we're able to go back. Like if we have another type of investigation that's similar, maybe to something else that we did, I can go back and look at that paperwork and say, okay, um, this is what we did. This is what we experienced. And it looks like this over here, you know, this stuff that's happening over here is kind of similar to what went on, you know, there. But like I said, um, there was a lot of activity in, in Northern California. You know, it just wasn't the stuff I covered in the presentation I did on you know, on the Halloween week. I mean, it's just it's all over. Like we've done, there's a haunt. There's there's just like the, like the Empress Theater, which I didn't get to in the Northern California presentation. That's another haunted theater. And what's funny with that is there's really no reports from employees that that place is active. You know, if you talk to employees there, they'll say, "Oh no, there's nothing goes on here," yet. There's other reports from people that have attended shows there that, that, that say that they've seen stuff. So that's why we went in 
and it turns out there was stuff there. You know, it might be residual for all we know, but I mean, there there, there was stuff going on at the Empress Theater in Vallejo. You know, so you never know with a place. But I mean, sometimes you can go to places that look really old and think, oh, this because this has to have activity, and it turns out they have nothing. It just depends on the conditions in the place. Uh, Virginia City, Nevada, another place that, that's just active. Every building you go up and down Main Street in Virginia City, Nevada, and there's ghosts. You know, the Washoe Club, the old Washoe Club, um, that's where I saw a full-body apparition walk past the table. I was sitting at a table and at the command center in there, and my team was, at, was, was on a break, and then a man walked in. A man in dark clothing walked in and walked halfway around my table and disappeared right in front of me. You know, so you never know what you're going to get. But that place was weird. There was a room that was at ground level, even though we were, like, on the second floor. And they had stored, I think the story is they had stored bodies in there in the winter because they couldn't dig the ground because the ground was too um, hard because it gets really cold up there and it snows and everything else. I mean, if you watch Bonanza, you know. And so the weird thing about this room was that, you know, they, they, they took us on a tour around the, the old Washoe Club and we, we all went in there, about probably eight of us did this walkthrough. And as we got into this room, it felt like the floor was spinning below, beneath our feet. And I, I wasn't the only one. I turned around and looked at Jerry, who was behind me, and I said, do you feel weird in here? And he said, yeah, the, the floor's moving, the floor's moving. And, I, and later on, I found out that it wasn't only me that felt that. There were other people on my team that had gone that day. That felt the floor like the, it felt like the floor was rotating beneath us, so that was a weird investigation. And there were people that saw. Um, I sent people like all around the building to set up like cameras and stuff, and they had they had seen shadows down there where they were setting up cameras. They weren't afraid of them, but they but they did definitely see see shadows, you know, in the areas where they were putting these cameras up, you know. And then one of our investigators, Becca, had seen the apparition of a of a woman in the building. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of activity. And that, that's the old Washoe Club in Virginia City. And at that time, you know, they, they hadn't done a lot of work on it. So, like I said, um, when I saw the apparition, everybody was on a break. But the, the key of it all was is that the stairwell didn't have any rails on it. And so you had to kind of hug the wall. And I wanted my investigators to hang out in teams of two because, you know, the, the lighting was really bad and I didn't want anybody having any accidents on the stairwell or anything. So when I saw that apparition, one of my investigators had come up, Jerry had come up to say, hey, I'm going to be going on, we're going to be going on breaks. I just want to let you know this. And I said, okay, fine. So then he left. There were two of us up there. And um, what walked through the door looked like him. And that, that happened like maybe three, four minutes after he had come up. And it looked like him coming through the door. It looked, I mean, it just, it just, it was a weird color. If anybody's seen the Polar Express in um, 3D in a theater and then seen it at home on TV when it's not in 3D, there's kind of like an orange hue that, the, that, that, that all the characters have. And that's what this looked like. It was somebody in black had an orange hue to the face. And it did, it looked to me, it looked like Jerry. And like I said, it came through the door, walked around the edge of the table, and then got about halfway around that table, disappeared in front of me. The thing was, I had a camera there. It didn't pick it up. I had somebody sitting right next to me at the table. She didn't see it. I saw it. 
So that was interesting. So if you want to, you know, if you're like local and you want to visit these places, they're really cool to visit. You know, like I said, even in Virginia City, you can go building a building and talk to people and they'll tell you about their ghosts and everything. Anyway, it's 729. Um, thank you guys for coming tonight. Um, like I said, unfortunately, I'll have to get a hold of our guest. I don't know what happened with that cross, cross wires or whatever, but I think it turned out okay tonight. Um, like I said, if you guys want to sit, shoot me a, uh, PM, um, like I said, I'm thinking seriously about reading Dickens' Christmas Carol. And, uh, you know, like, well, at least once a week, maybe two, three, four chapters till we can get through it for Christmas. Um, that would be great. Tomorrow night, we are going to have Dr. Renee Dufault on, or Dufault. I don't know how she pronounces it. We're going to be talking about toxins in foods tomorrow night. So she's going to be with us at our usual time at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And, uh... Yeah, so I think we had a good night, 7.30. I think I'm going to say goodbye. I'm tired. My mouth is tired. My stomach's growling. And uh, thank you guys for coming, and I will see you tomorrow. Or again, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five people anyway. Share it with people you hate. We're equal opportunity here. Also, as you can see, I've got that ticker running along the bottom. Um, we are a nonprofit team. And this is my PBS moment again, um, and we're trying to get our bills paid here because it all comes out of my pocket, you know. And uh, I've got internet costs, I've got costs for StreamYard, I've got costs for a lot of things, new mics, whatever I need for this show. Plus, my paranormal team, you know, equipment. Our equipment's old, it's antiquated, and we need to do some upgrades on our equipment before we really start rocking and rolling again. And if you, anybody that could donate a little bit to us, I'd really appreciate it at PayPal.me at California Haunts. Our YouTube channel, we've reached the 100 uh, uh, subscribers on our YouTube. But you know what? I still want more subscribers. I think the more subscribers we have, the more these shows are going to get out. And I appreciate the people that have subscribed. I really do. I appreciate every each and every one of you. I'm going to go in there tonight and try and get our, our URL set up. Um, I don't know if I can because maybe I have to have the 100 subscribers for you know a couple weeks before they'll let me. But I am going to try. But if you try to find us right now, there's no way to find us um, unless, you know, even if you Google, the best way to do it is to go through the California Haunts website, uh, radio website at www.californiahauntsradio.com, and you'll be able to find us there. And then you click on the uh, on the video, and it'll take you in directly to YouTube, and then you can subscribe from there, okay? And you can also, on that website, you can also go in and... Um, well, you can also go in and go to the archives, and we go back almost two years. We're on our second year doing these shows. In fact, this is our 27th episode of this season. So you can even check that out. But I appreciate you guys tonight, and I thank you for coming. And hopefully I can get things straightened out with Mr. Stryker and get him on and on another day. But thank you so much. And I'm going to sign off here, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night.